welcome to the Pixel Pitch Podcast, where one of us pitches a game to the group we all need to play in a year supplied to us from the non-pro computer. I am your host, Al. I am joined by Kit. Hello. And Philana. Hi there. And our special guest. Frank, it's me. Frank, the Frank. Yay. call myself the Frank, but... Uh, well, you're the only Frank I know, so you're the Frank as far as I'm concerned. Oh, that's great. My murder plan worked. Kill every Frank who might have contact with you. Hooray! But yes, it's that time in the show's run where we're supposed to be given a new year in video game. Are you all excited for us to return to the non-pro computer and see what magical year in video games we get given? Yeah, I'm looking forward to something less loaded than last time. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, something less Clinton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I find it suspicious that I've been invited on this show. I feel like we're going to get a year that is uh, mm, particularly geared to someone of my olditude. <laughs> are you are you saying that the non-pro computer might be bought out or bribed? <laughs> I think it just knows when it's been beat. And, <laughs> I ain't playing anything for this century. No, I'm curious. Let's find out. All right, let's go to the non-pro computer. And the non-pro computer has gotten back to us with the year of 1980? Oh, what a surprise. I'm invited to the grandpa episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me tell you something. Back in my day, we respected our elders when we invited them onto our podcasts. Did you podcast uphill both ways? Yes, we did. It was it was grueling. Was it was it on a camcorder? It it was cassette tapes. We would record them, and then we you'd have to tr- trade the cassette tapes. It was arduous. Ah. Uh. But I mean, that's how you get a cult following. Yes, literally. That's how you get a cult following you. It's not safe. It's not safe. You meet face to face. Craigslist, early Craigslist was very dangerous. I mean, you talk about cassette tapes, but some of the video games we're going to be talking about in this era, or we could be talking about, uh, came on cassette tapes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You would, like, oh, yeah. You would have to actually put them into a particular system. Like, they were on, like, reels of, uh, of like, reels of magnetic tape, um, as it were. <laughs> yeah. I remember when video games were on wax cylinders. You had to spell them out in cuneiform. Yeah. <laughs> ah. So, this is going to be exciting. I'm curious to hear what games everyone's going to bring to the table from 1980. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to. If you guys don't mind, I would I would like to be the the first one to uh, to pitch a game from this year. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What do you have in mind? I when a, a game I've actually really wanted to talk about for a little while, and I'm actually really excited we we hit on this because um, this was the age where like Atari was kind of in its its limelight for for lack of a better term. Like this was its peak uh, time uh, before the video game crashed, like a, a few years later. I want to talk about Missile Command. Mmm, classic. Ooh. This was a game that just, like, it's it's so very simple. Um, it's very indicative of the time, but there's so much going on with it, like, when you, when you really think about it. Like, you think about the time that this came out in the 1980s. Um, 
you are essentially like, you know, you're a person protecting their, their home base or, you know, their, their home in general from like bombings. And this is like right in that kind of like, you know, cold war era time where like the game itself is based on nightmares. The creator had of like nuclear war that would eventually happen that he thought would eventually happen. Ooh, this is real. Like cold war feelings left over. Yeah. Yeah. I remember it still coming across in like the really, really, really rudimentary pixel art that they had to work with, but it was still like, it's a really fun game in spite of like the horror that exists behind the scenes. Yeah. There's nothing like the cold war to, to make you enjoy yourself at an arcade. Your impending <laughs> uh, when I go to the arcade, those are the exact games I'm looking for. Yeah. Give me the cold war and, you know, yeah, world tragedies, horrible stuff. I mean, like th- think of the last few years we've had a cakewalk really. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's just dwell in the fears of yesteryear. I like this. <laughs> But it's it's a it's a, it's an interesting game, and I, I'm I'm excited to see, hear what everyone's opinions are of it. And it's also one of our like first kind of arcade games that we're going to be playing. But there's no like long form. I'm going to beat this type of game, so it's going to be it is will be really interesting to hear what people have to say. Yeah, and uh, speaking of arcade games, uh, the, you by giving by getting 1980, we have a plethora of options of where which version of this game we're talking about. Like it, it hasn't not since very recently when game porting is sort of everywhere. Did did we get as much porting from arcade to console than in this period? So you got Atari twenty six hundred version. You've probably got a Commodore sixty four version. Yep. You've got the actual original arcade version. So I'm I'm curious about which version we're going to end up finding and playing for yeah. probably all the games we're suggesting today and, and yeah not even like it's odd you say that because like there are even updates like really cool super futuristic updates in you know atari anthologies or just on like xbox live kind of downloads right where, right you know updated graphics but what i really want to do is i want to get us into that like grubby kind of like stick in a button like atari level play i kind of want to aim for like a 2600 feel for this so for me personally i'm dusting out my dad's old atari 2600 nice getting my original missile command cart and plugging that in and that's how i'm gonna go about it but if you guys find whatever version of this from whatever kind of port or availability you have like if you guys want to go and find an arcade that you feel safe going to and say like, no, I went out and I experienced it. Like that's just as valid. Right. Honestly, I I would love to go out and just find an arcade, just get in that zone, have the weirdly sticky carpet with the neon print on it. Just have a bag of quarters next to me and just do it. Order a questionable pizza. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) I've been, I've been thinking cardboard. Mm. I've been thinking about trying to take a look around uh, bar- the barcades and seeing what they might have in stock that matches up with what we're doing. Oh, yeah. All right. So we're all going to go ahead and uh, play this game and, you know, we'll meet back with you guys and we'll report in our how we feel about it. And we're back. Um, we've all been playing Missile Command, uh, and we like had experiences, but sadly, I think one of us is missing. 
It yeah, appears I- Frank uh, got stuck in the non-pro basement and will not be joining us this time around. But I did find this suspiciously placed cassette, so maybe it's a message from him from that faraway basement. All right, well, we will uh, we'll tell. Pop, we'll pop this into our Walkman and uh, we'll see what it has to say. <laughs> hey, folks, it's Frank. Oh, I'm so sorry that I couldn't make it to today's recording. I'm I've been. I've honestly not been able to stop playing this game. A missile command is just there's a lot of it makes it's a lot of paranoia that comes about playing this game. I mean, the vector graphics are amazing. It's just so evocative of a time period that I I lived through in mortal fear and panic. It's um it's a lot and I haven't really stopped playing and um I I think the most disturbing thing about the game about you know uh, being attacked by a mysterious enemy from beyond is is the fact that i I, i'm actually playing it on the aarp website i i I didn't know this aarp has video games what does this say about me what does it say about us what does it say that i i can't crack the top four I, I'm serious. These these geezers are into it. Anyways, I, I'm going to go back to this. Uh, really wish I could be there. Uh, really wish I could do anything with my life other than play this game. Uh, send help. Thank you. All right. So, hey, thanks, Frank, for uh, giving us that message from that message from uh, from d- deep within non pros basement. Th- those are pretty serious takes on the game, some of which I share. How about you guys? So. Actually, after playing this game, I read an article about the creation of the game. And apparently the whole point of it was supposed to be like Cold War paranoia. It was made to be like the USSR bombing California. It was originally going to be called Armageddon. And then the like developers were just said, well, nobody knows what that word means. Uh, we're just going to call it Missile Command. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? <laughs> that That's fair. That's incredibly fair. <laughs> and I mean, and, and the interesting thing is there was essentially that big thought that went behind it. And at the end of the day, it is still this neat little effective missile game without having to have that additional stress of the Cold War. But that does add to the story. And what's weird about yeah. it is it really comes across um, when you're playing it. Like that sense of like of dread is is so palpable while going through it. I don't know about you guys, but for me, it was it was definitely something I was like, oh, my God, I can't. I, I I'm feeling this. Um, and I want to compare that a little bit with with a couple of versions that we play like you. um uh, but let's start off with like, what did we use to play Missile Command on? Because we know what uh, Frank did. How about you guys? Okay, so let me tell you what. The first result that comes up on Google is AARP.com. And you know what? I played the heck out of Missile Command on AARP.com. See, I, I did a combination of that because I was so intrigued by it being on their website 
Uh, but then I did also buy the Atari Vault through Steam. And so I played it that way with, with a little USB paddle. And then I played it with, with my mouse on the AARP website. Wait, what is a- AARP? That's like an insurance company, right? Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah, what it's is- for like uh, people older than 50. Oh, my. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they just have yeah. this, yeah. Yeah, this <laughs> game from 1981. Uh, it's, your Atari could more than <laughs> yeah. Yeah, be on AARP. Yeah. Oh, my favorite part is I looked. There's like a leaderboard at the bottom of the website, right? The number one player for the month of January, his name is Missile Master Ralph with 132,000 points. Good job, Ralph. God love you, yeah. Ralph. You go, Ralph. Yeah. <laughs> GG. You're the MVP <laughs> that we all need. <laughs> At least for January, but, yeah. you know. I actually played two different versions of this. Uh, one I played on Atari Classics Evolved on my PSP right before it died. Um R.I.P. My PSP Slim. The battery blew up in it, and it uh. Ah, <laughs> oh, rip! I might be able to help you fix that. Yeah, I, I heard there's a few different places where you can pick up third-party batteries to to fix that problem. But uh, hey, did Missile Command kill your PSP? Um, too well, many explosions. I, I think more uh, time <laughs> and bad uh, <laughs> console design is what. No, it it was definitely uh, not being a good enough gamer at Missile Command. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> on an emulator, totally, yeah. totally killed the PSP. <laughs> oh my god! But what's interesting is like when it it transferred to Atari because like everything you said about the original take on Missile Command is accurate, but when it went to Atari, uh, they were like, we got to make this uh not as politically charged or even as remotely relatable to real life so it can't be like cities in in uh, california getting bombed so they changed it to like a warring alien planets and no more is that evident than when you play the the evolved version of it because when you play the original atari a lot of it still translates like i said but the classics evolved is clearly very alien uh the missiles are not necessarily missiles and you don't block them with like anti-missile fire. You like shoot lightning uh, from, from your base and every, all the bases look alien. You're on alien planets. The, the textures are just very, very different. Um, and it, to me, it just cuts all the teeth out of the game uh, immediately playing through that. What was kind of a haunting, uh, very blood pumping. Uh, oh my God, I got to keep going with this. I can't, I can't stop playing. This is so addicting. Uh, became just something I, I played for like a hot minute and immediately put down uh, with no investment. Oh, wow. So uh, actually, after reading this article, as I was playing the game, I would give little names to each of your little towns. Aww. And I would just think they were towns in California. So Aww. then I would just be like, no, San Luis Obispo was fallen. <laughs> <laughs> So you got you got real dark with it. Yeah. See, yeah, because I'm, I'm looking up the um, Atari Classics Evolved variation of it. And yeah, that is that is an interesting uh, aesthetic choice to go with yeah. as an alternative. And it's really it's neat, but it does have a completely different feel. Yeah, it's it's it is exactly the same game almost like the gameplay is pretty much the same. It just it the, you change those aesthetics and it's so yeah. different and it feels so different. And 
I don't even know if it would work if you just used regular settings. There's something about those limited graphics, those pixels, and the black background mm -hmm. that just really – and then the explosion. Like when you lose, yeah. that like flash yeah. is just – it's it's haunting really. Like it's like – yeah. yeah. And like they, I, they did that on purpose where they didn't even call it game over. It was just the end. Yeah. Which, I mean, that does have a really strong psychological impact, especially for, you know, being so used to how modern games are. That is such a final and firm game over, more or less. Yeah. Because yeah. I will say, even even playing the version that's on the AARP website versus the uh, Atari Vault that is just a PC-emulated version of the the version that was on the atari uh 2600 that the original atari version was a lot more impactful despite being so much more simplistic mm -hmm. and i think part of that is that true sim uh it being so simplistic and it was how it was intended to be yeah that simplicity really lends itself to you just filling in the blanks for yourself and that's another reason why they didn't actually name it after cities in California, because they just wanted you to fill in cities in your area. Oh God, yeah! Like, it's, there's Ooh. you yeah. do gr grow a decent attachment to these cities, um, especially when it's the last one you have. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you're just desperately trying to defend your one little island of humanity left. Oh God, and it's like I, I I said before when we opened this that uh, this was based on the creator's nightmares, and I I misspoke. Um, it is actually the reverse. Uh, the uh, the game uh, working on this game is what gave the creator nuclear holocaust uh, nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Atari like commissioned him to just do an the USSR doesn't attack and you defend thing and it's sort of spiraled from there oh, no. and at the end of it his claim is that the message of the game is quote in the end all is lost there is no winner oh my god <laughs> <laughs> this is a darker experience that i that i thought we were going to have I mean, the, yeah. but it's it's very seminal in a way like and that's kind of what the point of our yeah. series is is to kind of hit these watershed games and i feel like it, this has a lot of that here because it 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 has such a, a haunting message to it it's it's genuinely quite political even even if you know it may not have been intended to, do, to be so but it does talk about the dangers of nuclear war and you know the problems is like at the end of it like he said it's like you know if once you get into it, there's no, there's no winning. There's no, you know, victory at the end of this. It's just, it's just going to be bad no matter what you do. Cause you can keep playing the game uh, over and over and over again, keep getting to different levels and whatnot where the speeds eventually stop increasing until suddenly they increase again. It's strange, but it's eventually you lose. Yeah. You eventually that's, that, that's just how it goes. Yeah. You just play and play until you just can't anymore. Yeah. 
I will admit, I was not thinking all that heavily about this game, and it is complete. This discussion is completely rethinking <laughs> my simple little missile command. I was just like, man, these pixels. This is stressful in a really fun way. And now, <laughs> I mean it. I mean, to be fair, yes, it is very yeah. stressful in a very fun yeah. way. It's extremely addicting to be positive oh, yeah. about the game for a hot minute. <laughs> no. It is very hard to put this game down once you start. Yeah. But it it is incredible how something that is essentially a a very simplistic seeming little defend some pixels from other pixels game can have such an incredible impact even without you realizing what the inspiration might have been. Yeah, I mean that's that's good game making. Oh yeah. I I want to say like what's the difference like between playing with a mouse and playing with the. Uh the the joystick i think you said because you plugged in in one um yeah um so the the aarp website is literally you just point on the screen and you click so it's not it's not all that uh difficult by comparison but it it was a bit more fun with the paddle because it did feel like ah there's there's a bit more skill that goes along with this though i will say even just the clicking was was not you know, you still had to get timing right. I wish we could have found an arcade cabinet of this because the setup of it is really interesting because it was just a trackball and then to fire, you had a separate button for each of one of the three turrets. So you had to actually pick out which oh. turret. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh. That adds like a whole other level of difficulty. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because with the mouse, it's just point and click. You don't yeah. even have to think about it. Yeah. But you would have had to like individually pick out which turret you wanted to shoot. Ooh. Oh, that's cool. That's neat. Yeah, that's just like another layer of like fun stress and anxiety. Like it's a lot more physically active for you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just to try and keep it feels way more like you're in that sort of environment trying to do it. Like I was going to say, like, there's probably a difference between playing with the mouse and playing with uh, the joystick. Yeah, because you, you couldn't get it exact. You had to like mm -hmm. it was so stressful trying to like get it to where like all oh, the amount of times I would miss and just be like, oh, God, the city's gone. It's over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but then you'd still be like, oh, let me try it again. Yep. Because there is a joy in mastering the joystick. Yep. Uh, and it's something about playing it on that Atari and just with those with one of those large uh, tube TVs. It, it is so indicative of an era when you were in that in a room. It's dark and you just have the glow of that TV. And when the flashing uh, from the from the bomb goes off, like for the game over, it's just so it like it's the whole room. That's that's just such a very, very particular feel, not necessarily a nostalgia but it it definitely hits a particular moment. I, I don't know. Like there's there's a feel that I can't quite recapture in in any game after this or in modern day. Like I'm not saying like it's it wasn't something you could even capture back in the Nintendo era. I don't think it, 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 this is something that's so quintessential to like 1980s, you know, late 1970s, early 1980s kind of Atari arcade stuff. See, and if I wonder, I wonder if part of that is just the imagination aspect of it, because so much is just left to your imagination. Yeah. You have to fill in so many blanks. 
And I do wonder, like, the idea of them saying, like, of Atari trying to transform this into, here's, uh, you know, warring aliens and stuff like that. I I don't think they really hit it that hard. I mean, like, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, because, like, Kit, you were saying, like, I didn't get any... Uh, any allegory out of this is like, that's fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See, but I think part of it was I wasn't really looking for it because I was kind of thinking about it with the perspective of there were a lot of games that just seemed to have these themes and it was just like, yeah. you know, baseball is just your baseball game. Before it was Madden, before it was NFL stuff, before like there was foot, like proper Sean White, Tony Hawk stuff applied to games. It was just golf. Yeah, missile command. Like it to me, I thought yeah. it was just oh, planes, yeah. missiles. <laughs> missiles. I didn't think Cold yeah. War. Yeah, <laughs> missiles. Generic video game theme. Yeah. You know. Yeah, generic video game theme. Yeah. Pong. Circus. Pong. Yeah. Yep. Interesting side note about uh, playing Pong on Atari Classics Evolved was playing on an actual like ping pong table and like controlling mm. uh, paddles. That was interesting. That actually translated pretty decently. Like I that w- unlike Missile Command, I didn't feel like they ripped the soul out of the game. But um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I feel like it did still come across a little bit because just feeling that stress of defending the city. Oh, maybe maybe it's just one of those things where it comes across better either with that perspective of the Cold War or just projecting your own fantasy situation on it. When you give it a full tilt, like, oh man, aliens, it's like, it's too much. It's too much is being decided for you. Yeah, they they were pushing too much on top of it when it didn't need it, really. Part of the allure is being able to fill that in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. It's just better when, like, you can put a little bit more of yourself into it then when you do that, a lot of that other stuff that they may have wanted to push in comes through. You, you don't have to be overt with your political statement or, or overt with your nuclear war allegory um, because it'll come across. And, you know, Atari could have just done generic missiles because they didn't, they didn't put in a theme for stuff like combat. You had like two tanks that were fighting each other and there was no backstory to it. They were just two tanks. They fought each other and that was how it went. They, they decided they wanted to create a narrative for Missile Command um, just to try and move them further away as you could. But like, who really let, read those instruction manuals as a kid? I mean, I, I, I assume they just went to the garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially back then, which is why gamers will pay so much for them now. Yep. Because none of us thought about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just extra paper for on top of your Christmas present. Everyone threw away boxes. No one saved anything. It was like, it just went away, N- never to return. Whereas nowadays, oh, I would kill. I hate when I buy a physical Switch game and I open up that case and there's no booklet. Ooh, what did I pay $60 for? <laughs> right? It's so sad. I love yeah, all no those supplemental, supplemental things. Yeah. I kind of miss that. Like, I, I like having a little thing in there that, like, I don't, you know, don't give me a tutorial give me a little book inside the game i bought so i can read and say like oh there now now i know how to play the game see and i think that's the difference now that we are the adults when we were kids we didn't no reading teach us in the game give us that cap that cup head teach us by playing but yep. now that we're older it's like nah listen i have the base knowledge let me just read fill me in on the lore and let's go 
And even the fun little extras, like, I feel like Skyrim came with a neat little map of Skyrim inside of the box, right? There, there aren't those sweet little touches anymore. I, I'm a terrible human being. I have never played Skyrim, so. See, I haven't either, but when Skyrim came out, fun little, fun little uh, tidbit. That was around the same time that bronies started before they oh, started no. getting weird. So all of the guys that all of the nerd guys that I started hanging out with, they were all getting really, really into Skyrim. And I was like, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. I was kind of like my getting in, like only playing Mega Man and Sonic phase. Uh, and so I was like, OK, you guys enjoy your Skyrims. And then. They were also trying to get me into My Little Pony at the same time. So I was like, what is this juxtaposition between Skyrim and My Little Pony? So that's for the longest time I associated Skyrim with My Little Pony because I own everybody I knew that played Skyrim was also a brony. You heard it here, folks. You you heard (laughs) it here first, folks. If you play Skyrim, you're a brony. Sorry, Falana. You had to find out this way. (laughs) <laughs> the true subtle associations yeah skyrim and bronies and missile command and the cold war yep <laughs> well i guess we're gonna have to tattoo a cutie mark on you that's a sickle and hammer yeah. <laughs> friendship is <with> communism <laughs> oh god so what what was the overall feeling from everybody for Missile Command? How did we enjoy the game? We giving it a thumbs up? Yeah, I think it's a quintessential arcade game. I think it has that addictive quality that you want where you just we all just kept coming back. It it gets that progressively harder, the missiles come down faster um each and every time as the colors change. Um it's just kind of one of those games that just you can pick up, you can play it. It, you don't really need a lot of instruction for it. Um, the little fighter things, like the little tiny dots that come in and just bomb the crap out of your city are the most annoying thing in the world because you, yeah. they're not as easy to hit as the missiles are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but You're right. Yeah. like It has just that level of like, oh, let's, let's vary it up a little bit each time uh, to keep you coming and like wanting to experience it again. So yeah, yeah. I think that this is, this is absolutely like one of your like essential arcade games. Oh, yeah. It's like video game popcorn. Yeah. Do it once. Fun. Do it again. It's extra fun. Do it again. And those victory noises are so nice. Like the little like. Just it's, it's so satisfying. And then like you get like the when you get like 10,000 points, you get like that other victory music. It was like, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is it is soul crushing, but also very rewarding. Yeah. That, that's Lots of box, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of serotonin from this one. Yep. Yeah, you feel so good just saving your one little city. Yeah. And, and I'll say you like, don't. First, I'll say this is the first game we've played that you can't actually beat. Like, even Tony Hawk, to an extent, was beatable-ish, even if some of us didn't beat it. This was uh, the first game we went into where there's no, there's no end goal in sight. We just kind of went into it and we played it until we were done with it. And I think... I don't know about you guys, but I still spent like at least a couple hours involved in this game. Maybe not like maybe not in a row. I kind of went went back and forth with it. But I feel like this is still a satisfying experience. Like you don't have to necessarily have an end goal in mind or you don't have to keep dump trucking quarters for you to still come back. 
See, because I think that's the thing for me is that I felt I would have felt a lot more punished by my death if I were playing this in the arcade. So I'm glad I wasn't. Yeah. So that when we do find an arcade oh, yeah. cabinet of this, we will we will all last a little bit longer. Yep. <laughs> we'll develop the skills. Yeah. Exactly. But I think I think we all came back like, once again, we all came back very positive about the game. Um, I think that they're like we we know why it was as famous as it was. We the history of it's so fascinating. I want to thank Frank for showing up and or uh, spiritually showing up by leaving his sending that tape. message from the basement <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Who knows how he got it past the computer into our hands, but he did it. Yep. He threw the tape up the stairs. Yeah. Don't worry about it. And he didn't and he yeah. didn't want to he didn't want to come up himself. He's too busy playing. This game. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Yeah. He's saving all of us from the USSR, okay? <laughs> oh, that's a little too topical. Anyway, let's, let's move along. Oh no. Oh no. A little too topical. Uh, anyway. <laughs> All right, we got to end the show here, guys. All right, well, um, so that was really great. Missile Command, love you guys. Uh, yeah. Come back again, y'all. Yeah. yeah, play it for yourself. Have fun. AARP website. AARP. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.